Y'all could have finished it. <laughs> Come on, let's get our children a round of applause. We are very excited about having them to serve and worship. Good morning, St. Paul. Good morning, good morning. As we prepare to worship our God this morning, uh, we're looking forward to the Lord doing something extraordinary in this moment. And so good morning to all of those who are watching us on Facebook, Vimeo, YouTube, or engage in our live chat room found on our church website. Welcome to St. Paul Online. Our digital ministers and social media influencers are ready to engage you this morning. So if you're watching us on Facebook, share on your personal timeline and tag those you want to invite within this post. If you're on YouTube, subscribe to our YouTube channel and text this link uh, of, your work, of the worship experience to your personal network. And if you're in the chat room on our church website, click the invite button in the chat window to share this experience with others. Amen. Also, just let us know, for those that are watching us online, let us know where you're watching us from on YouTube, Facebook, or a church website. Just put it in your city and state, and we want to celebrate you as far as that's concerned. And if you want to take a picture, uh, take a picture and, of course, post that in your link as well. We're looking forward to the Lord doing a wonderful, wonderful thing in this moment. So if you're able, put your hands together as Reverend Richardson will come and she's going to lead us in our worship experience. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, everybody. God has been good to us. He has been so, so gracious and good to us. And Psalm 66 says it like this. Shout for joy to God. All the earth. Everybody in this room, shout for joy. Sing, sing glory to his name. Make his name great from our praise. Amen. Come. Come on. Let's see what the Lord's going to do about today. Let's see how the Lord is going to bless you today. Does anybody believe that God's going to bless you today? Uh, I'm sure about it. I'm sure about it. Come on. Stand to your feet and get ready to join the children. Let everyone and let everything that has breath praise ye the Lord God Almighty, because he has been good to us and he continues daily and daily to bless us. So let us join the children and the youth as they sing, Oh, how I love Jesus.
Saturate us now from the tops of our heads to the bottom of our feet. Come in, Holy Spirit. We welcome you to this place and to the sanctuary. This sanctuary time is set aside for your glory. It's set aside for your worship. God, we pray that if there's anybody that has any need, that it will be answered on this day. Simply by calling on the name that precious name of Jesus the Christ. Lord, we love you, we honor you, and we praise your holy name. It is in your son Jesus that we do pray, amen. I will continue with the scripture. scripture this morning will be found in Acts chapter 1 verse 4 through 8 and it reads like this and being assembled together with them he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem but to wait for the promise of the father which he said you have heard from me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Amen. You may have your seats in the presence of the Lord. Good morning, church. Good morning. Could you help me welcome our special guests who are going to be ministering with us on this next selection? You can do better than that. Bless me, bless me, bless me, God indeed. Death 
has been defeated. He is our victory. Bless me, bless me. God, not just for me, but so everyone around me can have everything they need. Let all these folks afflict me. God, have everything they need. Favor, favor, let it follow me. Till I'm the conversation of all my enemies. Favor, favor, God, not just for me, but so everyone around me can have everything they need. Let all these folks have with me, God have everything they need. Bless me, bless me, bless me, God indeed. Death has been defeated, he is our victory. Bless me, bless me, God not just for me, but so everyone around me can have everything they need. Let all these folks have with me, God have everything they need. Let all these folks have with me, God have everything they need. Let all these folks have with me, God have everything they need. celebrate our children. We could do a lot better than that. Amen. 
children it is so great to see them in the choir stand on this morning amen 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 good morning good morning st paul good morning to those who are joining us online we want to thank god for those of us who have made it into the sanctuary as well as those who are joining us online we don't take your presence for granted and of course we celebrate and we give god praise amen Amen. Amen. I want to just remind you of a couple of things uh, before we get deep into pastoral observations. We have, of course, uh, many uh, churches are doing souls to the polls even on today. And so we want to encourage you, please, ma'am, please, sir, um, go vote early. Go vote early. And of course, if you can do it today, that would be absolutely incredible uh, to take uh, the opportunity to cast your vote. And so uh, early voting will be taking place. It will be ending soon, uh, but you want to go ahead and get that in. And also, uh, the month of October, of course, is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and many churches are celebrating what they call Pink Sunday. And I see a whole lot of you all got on pink masks. Amen, as far as that's concerned. And we know persons who are either dealing with breast cancer or breast cancer survivors. And we thank God that the Lord is keeping you or that the Lord has healed you as far as that's concerned. Amen. Amen. Before I share uh, some other observations, um, Sister Lisa Murray, uh, I'm going to ask that she would come at this time. Uh, I just want to let you all know that uh, Lisa and I, we did not win our races, but I promise we're good. Amen. So I'm going to let Lisa come first. Uh, she, she, she's, been, she's been my partner in crime. We've been, we were crisscrossing the state, and then I'm going to share my observations, and then we'll continue to roll. So can you give her a round of applause as she comes? Amen. Testing. She so reminds me of my sister. Good morning to my beloved St. Paul family. I want to thank you all for the support, encouragement, and kindness as I offered myself to continue to serve the Woman's Auxiliary of the General Baptist State Convention of North Carolina. While I didn't get the result that I desired, I had the satisfaction of knowing that I campaigned on class, truth, and honor. Amen. 
They don't sell class, truth, and honor at Nordstrom's, Walmart, or Target. As much as I wanted to continue to serve the convention, I am a woman of God first. So in everything that I did, I had to make sure that I was honoring my father. It was not a requirement for my obituary for me to hold this office, but instead it was a desire for me to move the convention forward in a progressive direction. I'm proud that every attribute that I claim to possess while I campaigned was 1,000% true. An accurate snapshot of me, Lisa Murray, and there are individuals who can attest to that. I ran on a platform of achievable goals that were far from vainglorious and met the needs of the auxiliary. I had served during the split, mediation, and the rebuilding. President Lena Johnson, Vice President Walt Chapman, and I started with absolutely nothing to try to keep the women of North Carolina together for the work of missions. When you didn't see me here, I was either on my way back from somewhere or going somewhere between Murphy and Manteo. My days consisted of watching the moon clock out and the sun clock in on either 85, 74, 77, or 40. I thank God for the time that I was allowed to bring a fresh approach to the work of missions. Every mission activity under the name of the auxiliary for the past two years have been developed and executed by me. Partnering with the Salvation Army for towel drives, school supplies, statewide mission blitzes were our ideas that I was able to see come to fruition. We even hosted an advocacy letter writing campaign that included Senator Paul Lowe to address the needs of world hunger and food deserts. Under my leadership, it was my goal to make the work of missions relevant for this present age. The auxiliary had never done work of this nature before. It was also my desire to bring younger women to the table for the life of the convention. If they saw a relatable face, they know that there was room for them. I wanted the auxiliary to grow because I'm a believer that relevant missions work fills the pews. I wanted to cast down the fallacy that missionaries only wear white, big hats, and read the missionary helper. I wanted to show women across the state of North Carolina the power of intergenerational relationships. I'm a benefactor of intergenerational relationships. The late Deacon Geneva Walker, Mother Hamilton, Mrs. Ida Dunstan, y'all call her Ida Dunstan, I call her Mama D. These were all women who poured into me and I wanted other women to have those same experiences. But Wednesday proved that it was not to be. When I returned home, I put my working plans for the auxiliary away in silence. I wanna give a special thank you for some of you who unselfishly supported me Sister Cecilia Townsend, Reverend Annie Gant, Mrs. Rosantha Moore, who I call my Aunt Venda, Mrs. Marilyn Jordan, Mrs. Arvette Pearson, my missionary sisters stood on the wall for me the whole time. And I don't know who anyone else's deacon is here at St. Paul, but I think I have the best deacon here at St. Paul. 
in the person of Deacon Brenda Kennedy, to the point that we don't even call her, we don't call her BB at my house, we call her B. Well, my sister and I are talking to each other, I said, I talked to B today, so I think I have the best deacon here at St. Paul. I wanna thank you, Dr. Scott, for encouraging me and checking on me. And I wanna thank you because when we would cross paths on the campaign trail, the way you carried yourself was exemplary. And I wanna thank you for that. I had heard a rumor that Dr. Scott had a very keen sense of humor. I got a little taste of that on Wednesday in the parking lot of the church. Wednesday was a tense day for us, but he brought me some laughter and it really helped. I wanna thank St. Paul for the prayers. I'm a product of prayer. Um, I remember as in, a few years ago before my father passed, in conversation he said to me, he said, things will happen to you in life. You're gonna face some things, but don't forget you've been prayed for. And he told me the story of when my sister and I were born and my mother was concerned because of some circumstances about what it was gonna look like to raise us. And she got together with one of her prayer warrior friends and they prayed. So things are gonna happen, but I'm okay because I've been prayed for. I'm not sure what the future holds, but I know who holds the future. It was my immediate goal just to be quiet for a moment, and I still intend to do so, but I found myself yesterday on the phone making a connection because I got another missions project that has to get off the ground. But I am gonna take some time for self-care, self-reflection, deal with some personal loss and grief that I never touched on, and actually hear from God. He allowed this to happen because he has something that he has already started working on for me. After hearing the results, I was hurt, then I was disappointed. But on that ride home, coming back up 74, I was reminded of the parable of the prodigal son. When the story is preached, we often overlook these powerful words. And when he came to himself, and just like the prodigal son, in my moment of feeling low, I remember that I have a home I can go to. My home is at 1401 Allen Street, and it goes by the name of St. Paul Baptist Church. And Dr. Robert Charles Scott serves as my senior pastor. It's not the building that is my home. It is the people who are inside of it. Thank you, and I love you all so much. Can we give Sister Lisa Murray another round of applause? Thank you for uh, sharing your, your sentiments, and I really just want to say ditto to everything that she has said. Um, when, when I decided to make this run, uh, first of all, I didn't run to, to lose, I, I ran to win. and to say that I wasn't disappointed by the results would be an understatement, I was. However, um, the Lord has given me a peace about all of this. 
And the reason that I have a piece about it is by virtue of the fact of two things. Number one, I saw a need that I felt with the gifts, graces, and skills that the Lord had allowed for me to gather that I could provide and give lift to our convention by creating a team that would come together and make that a working reality. So I saw a need uh, that, that needed to be addressed, and that is for our convention to make some shifts that if they don't, is going to be irrelevant in the next five to eight years. Uh, the other thing is that the reason I have a piece about it is because I saw a need to address, but I did not need the position of president. I didn't need it. And when your ego isn't tied to something, you can let it go a lot easier. See, what I've discovered is that some people need titles and position. I don't. My, my plate is very full. Um, being the uh, husband of Pierre and the father of Cheris and the pastor of the St. Paul Baptist Church, uh, an officer of Hampton University Minister Conference, along with other things that I do, my plate is very full. Um, but yet, uh, I saw something that I felt that we could have addressed as far as our convention is concerned. And that wasn't the case. And so, um, trust me, I am good. And when I say I'm good, trust me, I, am, I have not even shedded a tear about this by virtue of the fact that for me, it wasn't something that I needed, but it was something that I felt that had we won, we could have made some shifts that would have made the convention more relevant as far as the future is concerned. I'll be praying for the convention. Um, we'll do what I can uh, to support the convention personally and through the leadership of the St. Paul Baptist Church. But we got bigger fish to fry. We got greater things to do. And uh, the Lord will empower us to do what we need to do. So. I want to say to my St. Paul Baptist Church family, number one, thank you. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your support financially, spiritually, physically. We had a team that came down, helped me campaign. Uh, we put on a reception for our supporters. And I just want to thank you all for that. Now, here's the irony behind all this. The top giving church this year was St. Paul. <laughs> we, we were the top giving church as far as the convention is concerned um, but I will say that I did discover um, some, some of the underbelly of this stuff and uh, some dispersions that were cast toward me um, and yet I try to lead with, first of all, with the dignity that God had placed within me. I knew I represented my family and this church, and I did not want to go Chucky on folks. Amen. Uh, uh, that's my nickname, y'all. Uh, uh, I didn't want to go, go like that on some folks uh, that, that came at me. A certain way 
So I have discovered several things uh, or have reaffirmed several things. Number one, I know the Holy Ghost is real because he will tell you to shut up when you want to go off. But the Holy Ghost will also keep you even when you don't want to be kept. And, and that the Spirit has done. But even more importantly than that, the Holy Spirit affirmed within me the, um, the fact, the fact that um, this is not something that I needed, and as Lisa says so profoundly, on my obituary to make me the person that I am. I am glad, and when I say this, I mean this, I am so glad to be a child of God, the husband of Peer, the father of Charis, and the pastor of the greatest church in the universe, the St. Paul Baptist Church. And so I'm good. I really am. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I've had people been calling me, uh, you good, doc? Yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. And, um, and I'm not just saying that as far as platitudes are concerned. I'm really, really good. Because let me tell you, um, our convention needs some major work. And it's a lot of stuff that needs to be done. And it's going to take a lot of effort. And I knew had I gotten elected, that it was going to take a whole lot of stuff, even from the St. Paul Church, to make that a turning working reality to really make it relevant. So I'm good. So what we're going to continue to do is we're going to continue to serve our community, uh, do the work around this church that we need to do to make it uh, even more relevant. Uh, continue to engage our children, youth, and young adults in a very meaningful way and provide something for them in the years to come. St. Paul, I love you and I thank you for all that you all have done. And so to God be the glory for the things that he has done. Thank you so much. So let me, if I could, I just want to get my observations um, and share those with you. On tomorrow, we're going to have a trunk or treat celebration for the children in our neighborhood. And if you want to donate candy or set up a car, contact Reverend Bernie. I think he may still be trying to recuperate from the greatest homecoming on earth, uh, A&T's homecoming. Also, uh, see him because our basketball league is getting ready to get up and running and we're needing players and coaches so contact him for more details also i just want to remind you this thursday this thursday is the first thursday of our thankful thursdays um our guest preacher for this thursday is the reverend dr tellis chapman dr tellis chapman and if you've never heard him uh come on thursday and you're going to be blessed by him. Dr. Tellis Chapman, we're going to serve food at 5 o'clock, starting at 5, going to about 6.30. We're going to serve food for those who come to church. I need to let that set in. So if you're coming to church, you can eat. Don't come through here and eat and leave. All right? All right, this is for those who are coming to church in person let me say that again because you know i got some folks that say i was at church reverend virtually no in person so we're gonna start at five five o'clock gonna serve you a meal uh and um uh and we'll start worship at seven o'clock 
But Dr. Tellis Chapman is going to be here this Thursday, the following Thursday, Dr. John Adolph, and then the last Thursday, Dr. Tolan Morgan. We will serve a meal every Thursday for those who will be coming physically to the church to uh, engage in worship. So come, uh, invite family and friends and others to come and share as far as that's concerned, and you're going to be blessed beyond your wildest imagination. The other thing I want to uh, uh, press upon you is that uh, we're asking disciples uh, on the third Thursday of uh, November to bring 10 cans. There's going to be a list of items that's going to be shared so that we can provide baskets of food for families in our neighborhood. Uh, and that's going to be kind of our Thanksgiving stewardship program. That's kind of something I've brought since I've been here and we want to give support to our food pantry as far as that's concerned. We will continue to have quick 15 on Wednesday, even with uh, the revival that is taking place. So uh, with that, govern yourselves accordingly as far as that's concerned. Uh, the other thing I wanna share with you is that today we will not, we will not be receiving any more offerings for the Charlotte Rescue Mission. We have raised $52,145.18. So St. Paul, I need you. Now that was, that, that, was, that was cute, but I need you to really celebrate your generosity and just go ahead and give God praise for this wonderful venture you all have contributed. There you go, celebrate yourself. Amen, 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 amen. Thank you, St. Paul. Uh, at uh, a more proper time, we're going to have uh, the CEO of the Charlotte Rescue Mission to give us a personal thank, and we will be cutting a check for them in the next few weeks uh, for their effort uh, as far as them building this new building for the Charlotte Rescue Mission. Amen? Amen, amen. Now we're getting ready to go into prayer. And as we get ready to go into prayer, uh, since today is Breast Cancer Sunday, um, I want to do something a little different that uh, if you're in the house and you have either overcome, had breast cancer and have overcome it, or if you're dealing with breast cancer, or if you know someone who has overcome or dealing with breast cancer, I'm gonna ask that during the time of prayer, that you would just stand up in solidarity with them. We want to pray for the family of Charles Jones, uh, the son-in-law of disciple Perlene Har uh, Harrell. Those services will be this Tuesday at the Progressive Baptist Church in Charlotte. Uh, and we want to cover that family in prayer. We also want to lift up the family of Camille Chapman, who is the great niece of disciple Ivy Jackson and the family of Sister Barbara uh, nearly the sister of disciple Edith Boyd. Uh, we also want to continue to lift up those that are on our sick and shut-in list in a very immediate way. Uh, Janie Baker, Walter Fletcher, Joanne Mackerson, Yvonne Pettis, Gerald Stevenson, Reverend Paul Miller, Patricia Young, Ronald Watson, William Wiley, Reverend Dr. Paul Drummond, our pastor emeritus, and his wife, Lady Thomasina. And there are other names that are on that list as well that we want to lift up in prayer and pray for them. So uh, as Reverend Brenda Richardson gets ready to come and take us to the throne of grace, 
again, those who um, know of persons who have either dealt with breast cancer or if you've dealt with that, I'm going to ask that you would just stand at this time uh, and covenant as far as your prayer time is concerned. Amen. Let us pray. Father God, you are an awesome God. You are magnificent. You are an awesome God. And we regularly, we magnify your holy and righteous name. God, we acknowledge that we haven't got everything right. We haven't dotted every I. We haven't crossed every T, but yet you love us nonetheless. God, we pray right now that you will forgive us of all sin, of omission and commission, anything that would separate us from you. God, we thank you now for everything that you are doing in our lives. God, we thank you and we give you glory for everything. And God, we come right now, we have some concerns, and right now, God, we pray that you would bless in a mighty, mighty way. Everyone that is going through, has been through breast cancer, is a survivor or is a thriver in it, God, we pray that you would just bless them. God, we pray that you would give them people that will encamp around them, that will not cease in praying for them. God, we pray that everyone that touches them from therapy, from radiation, everything that God, you will bless it in the mighty name of Jesus, that it will be healing to their souls. God, we pray mightily for everyone on our prayer list, God. We have some concerns that are concerning us. So God, right now, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus, every name that has been called has a specific concern. God, and you know all about it. Holy Spirit, come right now and saturate them, God, from the top of their heads to the soles of their feet. Give them everything that they need. God, I pray right now that you would put people around them that love them, that are concerned about them. God, I pray that every doctor that comes and touches them will have a healing hand, will have that hand of healing right now, God, in the mighty name of Jesus. Any that are in the operating room, God, we pray precision. God, anyone that is in the hospital bed, God, we pray care and concern from every nurse that enters their room. God, we pray for those that are at home. God, I pray that they will have everything that they need. If they need a meal, give it to them. If they need finance resources, God, give it to them more and abundantly than they even know how to ask. God, open up the windows of heaven and pour them out a blessing that they won't even be able to receive. God, there's some concerns that haven't been mentioned. You know what they are. You know the hearts, God. So right now, we pray that you would bless every family, bless every concern, and every interest that is in the minds of the people and his disciples of St. Paul. Bless us in a mighty, mighty way. God, we love you. Your word says we are the apple of your eye. So God, we know that you will bless as only you can. Bless touch now in the mighty name of Jesus. God, we pray and we thank you for our pastor. And we thank you for Lisa. God, we pray that you will bless them and continue to make them content. God, they have shown us great leadership and they've shown us how to do it. So God, bless them as they take a rest from their weariness, God. We pray that you will bless them and our church. In your name I do pray. Can y'all join me in an amen? Amen. 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 If you believe that the Lord is answering that prayer, can you give God praise right now? Amen, 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 amen. Well, beloved, it is time to give. It's time to give. It's time to give. It's time to give. And I just want to remind you, um, 
we are not going to do it. Uh, we don't need an offering anymore for the Charlotte Rescue Mission. We have uh, met and exceeded our goal. And God is to be praised for that. Let me say that again, St. Paul. Let's give God praise. We have met and exceeded our goal. So as we prepare to give, um, uh, there are several ways that you can give here at St. Paul. You can uh, either mail your check or money order to the church at 1401 Allen Street, Charlotte, 28205, or you can drop off check, cash, and money order here at the church. Uh, and if you decide to do that, call the church office first to make sure someone is here to receive your offering at 704-334-5309. And uh, we'll place it in the safe, and it'll be part of the preceding week's count. You can also give through ACS or Church Life online, or you can give using an app called Givelify. And you can download that app to your smart device connected to your favorite credit card, and in three clicks, you can give. If you have a physical offering in the place this morning, there is a basket that is on the outer rows that you can take, pass it down to the inner row, and uh, you can give as far as that's concerned. So however you're giving today, if you would take your offering, uh, be it digital or physical, place it in your right hand. Let's lift it toward the heaven. We want to give God what's right, not what's left. And let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, we come and we thank you for this wonderful opportunity to give. And as we give, God, not grudgingly or out of necessity, but cheerfully. Why? Because you love the cheerful giver. Take these gifts of ours, multiply them in a Godful way so that your word, your witness, your worship, and your work can go forth through the tribe known as St. Paul. Thank you, God, for those who are practicing the discipline of giving tithes and offerings. Thank you, God, for those who may not yet be at that discipline, but they're giving something. And then God continue to prompt those, convict those who feel like they don't have to give anything. And let them know they can't beat you giving no matter how hard they try. And Lord, use these gifts so that you will be glorified. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Let the people of God say amen. Do me a favor, if you would, pick up the basket on the outer edges, pass those in, and our account team will receive them at this time.
Come on, let's celebrate our children. Let's give God praise for them. Amen. Oh, we could do a lot better than this. Let's show our gratitude. The Lord is great and greatly to be praised from the rising of the sun till the going down of the same. His name is excellent. And we thank God for what the Lord has done as far as our children are concerned and gracing them and giving them the opportunity to celebrate their gifts and graces in this place. Uh, so thank you all. It is so good to see you all as far as the uh, choir stand is concerned and you all were excellent. Amen? Amen. 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 I'm going to ask at this time if you wouldn't mind turning with me to uh, Galatians, Galatians chapter 4. Galatians chapter 4. We want to look at verses 1 through um, 7. Galatians chapter 4, verses 1 through 7. And um, I received a text message said, Charles Jones' funeral will be held at the Progressive Church of our Lord Jesus Christ on Caps Hill Mine Road. Uh, that is um, Charles Jones' funeral will be held at Progressive Church of our Lord Jesus Christ on Cap Hill's Cap Hill Mine Road. So I wanted to um, let you know about that. There's a Progressive Baptist Church. It's not Progressive Baptist Church. It's Progressive Church of our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, so I wanted to let you all give you that correction. Galatians chapter four, starting at verse one, it says, now I said that the heir, as long as he is a child, does not differ at all from a slave, though he is master of all, but is under guardians and stewards until the time appointed by the father. Even so, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. Key verse. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law that we might receive the adoptions as children of God. And because you are children of God, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a child. And if a child, then the heir of God through Christ Jesus. Uh, that fourth verse is where I want to kind of focus our attention. Eric, I don't, can I get a handkerchief? I forgot mine in the office. I want to focus our attention on this subject. An on-time God. Somebody say, yes, he is. <laughs> yeah, an on-time God. One of the lessons that life teaches us when it comes to a relationship with God is that we are called to trust God. 
And can I be honest, this is easier said than done because God wants us to trust God even when we can't see God. God wants us to trust God even when we can't trace God. And to make matters more interesting, we are told to trust the God that we cannot see with the affairs of our lives when we have no idea what God is going to do or when God is going to do what God is going to do. Faith says that it is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. You and I like proof. You and I got to see it in order to believe it. We, we want some proof that we're going to be all right. I want to suggest it does not matter how God moves, just as long as God moves. But the problem with a lot of us, and I'll admit from the pulpit to the back door, is that we want God to move on our timetable. We want God to do something uh, demonstrative and miraculous and spectacular on our timetable. We, we want the Lord to give us a sign that God has heard our prayers and witnessed our worship and peaked our praise. But unfortunately, we have some theological misunderstandings when it comes to God. And I admit, I fall in this category. There have been times that we believe that we give our tithes and offerings, state that claim when the praises go up, blessings come down, or we pray the prayer of faith, whatever that is, then God is obligated to do something by 6 o'clock this evening. How many of y'all know it does not work like that? God is not ordered by our worship. God is not controlled by our prayers. God is not even manipulated by our praise. When it comes to the timing of God, one has to take under consideration God's sovereignty and God's omnipotence and God's omnipresence. The sovereignty of God is that God can do whatever God wants to do, when God wants to do it, how God wants to do it, for whom God wants to do it, without getting permission from any of us to do it. The omnipotence of God is knowing that God has all power within God's self and distributes that power throughout creation without losing any of the power in God's self. The omnipresence of God is how God is everywhere at the same time without diminishing the essence of who God is. In other words, God can go straight and turn a corner at the same time. God can come down and be up at the same time. God can go left and cut right at the same time. God can go in and come out at the same time. There is nothing too hard for our God to do. Some years ago, gospel singer Dottie Peoples uh, wrote that song, He's an on-time God. Yes, he is. He may not come when you want him, but he'll be there right on time. He's an on-time God. Yes, he is. We like that song, don't we? Yeah, well, yeah, when, when we hear it, 
Uh, we start bopping our heads to it and we start standing on our feet and we start pointing in the air about God's timelessness. But can we be honest this morning? The same ones who shout on that song, if you're honest, got some trust issues when it comes to God. We know that God is on time, but we need God to move in our time. We, we know that God is on time, but we need God to move right now. We, we need God to do something for us quick, fast, and in a hurry. Somebody is dealing with a situation and you need God to step in like yesterday. Can we just be honest right now? Uh, you need God to help you with the bill right now. You need God to rescue your child right now. You need God to heal your body right now. You need God to deliver you right now. Now, you need God to help you with that crazy boss on the job right now. You need God to shut that co-worker up right now. You need God to deal with a family matter right now. You need God to get you out of trouble right now. You need God to work a miracle right now. You need God to do for you what you can't do for yourself right now. And God has not moved. And since God has not moved, when we wanted God to move, we have wrongly concluded that God is not powerful or that God is not sovereign or that God does not care or that God is not in control or that God is not real. We got some trust issues when it comes to God moving on time. David proclaims in Psalms 31 verse 14 to 15, but as for me, I trust in you, O Lord. I say, God, you are my God. Uh, my times are in your hand. Deliver me from the hand of my enemies and from those who persecute me. When it comes to the timing of God, we got some trust issues. Even when we don't have all the answers. We, 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 we in our mind believe that God is on time. But when it comes to trusting God, we, we really got some questions. And, and in many cases... God has not moved or responded the way we wanted God to move. And we get all bent out of shape with God. And here is the problem. We need God to move right now, not later. We, we want blessings now, not later. We need healing now, not later. We need the pain to stop now not later. We want war to end now, not later. We want the killings in our communities to stop now, not later. We need rape culture to stop now, not later. We want racism to stop now, not later. We want sexism to stop now, not later. We want classism to stop now, not later. We want police brutality to stop now, not later. We want deliverance now, not later. We want violence to stop now, not later. We want the political craziness of the culture to stop now, not later. We want our enemies defeated now, not later. Lord, we need you to keep our minds now, not later. Here's the problem that many of us are facing. The problem that we face is with God's timing from our limited human perspective because we don't know how God is going to accomplish what needs to be done 
and we don't know when God's going to do it. So we go around saying he's never late, but he's on time. But if we're honest, we may say he's never late, he's always on time. But there's a whole lot of us saying God ain't even early. Why? Because God is doing something as you wait on the Lord. God is using waiting time to develop you. God is using waiting time to stretch you. God is using waiting time to shift your character. And if God did everything we wanted God to do immediately, we would not grow. We would not develop those faith muscles. And this is what Paul is trying to get the disciples at Galatia to appreciate about God's timeliness. The apostle Paul informs the disciples at Galatia about the inheritance from God, their relationship with God, and their position in God. Uh, Paul is writing to let them know that those uh, Jehovah Witnesses, I mean Judaizers, uh, uh, those Scientologists, I, I mean Judaizers, uh, those black Hebrew Israelites, I, I mean Judaizers, were trying to take the Galatians back to the laws of Moses. The Judaizers believed that faith in Jesus was not good enough uh, or sufficient enough to save them. It was their belief that the men needed to be circumcised and follow the law of salvation in order to be complete. The Galatians confessed Jesus as Lord and Savior. They placed their faith in Jesus as their Redeemer. But for the Judaizers, that was not enough. Paul uses a metaphor of guardian and steward. Did you see that in the text? To let the Galatians know that the keeping of the laws of Moses was really a form of spiritual slavery. Since Jesus has come into the world, when we place our full hope and confidence in Jesus, we are free from the handcuffs of the Mosaic law. There were over 600 laws that the Jews were expected to keep. And it was the belief that if you violated one law, you violated the entire law. And they had issues just keeping the first 10 laws known as the Ten Commandments. However, in this passage of scripture, it is flipped on its head in verse 4. As it reads, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son. Put your kickstand down right there. This is why you and I can trust the timing of God. Because God sent the right person at the right time under the right conditions to the right, do the right thing so us that could not get right with God. Jesus Christ, the son of God, demonstrates the timeliness of God coming into this world at the right time under the right conditions to do for us what we could not do for ourselves. And I just need to share with you, St. Paul and those that are watching us online, how does God's timeliness impact our lives even in 2022 I want to suggest to you a few things and then I'll be out your way first of God first of all God moves based on our maturity 
All right, it's right there in verses one through three. Let me say it again. God moves based on our maturity. In verses one through three, Paul is teaching the Galatians and teaching us about the law and its purposes. Those who were under the law had a level of immaturity that did not permit them to embrace the freedom in Jesus Christ. Jesus says, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. The law was their tutor or bodyguard because Israel was too young, too inexperienced, too immature to handle the blessings and responsibilities that God wanted to give them. This is why God gave them those laws in the wilderness and it proved their immaturity when they thought they were grasshoppers in the sight of the Canaanites. When you are immature, you have a small view of God. When you are immature, uh, you don't think there's certain things God can do. And so Paul uses this metaphor and compares the Galatians to being heirs. He said, you're heirs to the estate, but you don't have the ability to handle the estate. You don't know how to pay the bills. You don't know how to take care of the property. So a trustee or a steward had to be hired to handle those matters. They were immature because they didn't know how to care or fend for themselves. That's why they had a guardian. The law was their trustee to show them how to handle the things of God. And God gave them the law to show them how to interact with God as well as each other. Therefore, they were assigned guardians and stewards until they had come to the place of maturity. And here's what turns this portion of scripture on its head. And here's the shout for me. Only the father could determine when the child was grown enough to take over the estate. All right, all right, all right. Let, let, let me do a little, little bit more teaching because I promise we're going to shout on good doctrine. The law was supposed to keep Israel out of trouble and develop them to a place of maturity. But for Israel, it revealed their immaturity. When the father determines the child is ready, the estate is turned over for the child to handle and to run. The guardianship is terminated. The trustee is relieved of all of his duties. Here's a shout for somebody. Faith is what ushers you and me in as believers into maturity with God as our father. That when you have faith, you are showing God that you are mature enough for God to release some stuff to you. Faith, beloved, is what gives us the right to assume the privileges and the blessings that God has for us. And I know somebody get, ain't going to like what I'm getting ready to say, but perhaps the reason why some of us don't have what we've been asking God for is because we lack maturity to handle what God wants to give us. I know it's going to get quiet in here, but I'm going to keep pressing my claim because like the Christians at Corinth, Paul told them, I can't give you what I want to give you because you're still acting like a baby. 
you should be eating meat by now. But since you're so carnal, since you're so worldly, I can't share with you the deep things of God because you are messing up. I want to suggest that the reason why some people are still stuck is because they're carnal. I know this ain't good preaching, but it's the best I could do right now. The, the reason you haven't received what God wants you to have is because perhaps you're too worldly. Ooh, it's getting quiet in here. The, the, the reason you can't move to a higher level is because you lack the maturity to handle the challenges and opportunities at a higher level. So your faith walk with God is so fleshly, so juvenile, so childish until God will not release greater to you because you can't handle where you are right now. God has greater things in store, more blessings for you, but God will not release them to you until you grow up. All right. Um, can, can, can we be honest? It's just us online as well as in the house. Can we be honest? How many of you all know people who've been in church all this time still acting like a four-year-old when they can't get their way? God is waiting for you to grow up so you can handle the blessings and the opportunities that God has for you. Here's the deal. God will not bless you with a house and you ain't taking care of the apartment you got right now. God ain't going to bless your finances when you lack the maturity to trust God with the tithe and offering. I know, I know this is a hard word. God will not bless you with a better paying job and you don't show up at your current job on time and give the very best you have to offer. Stop asking God to give you a brand new car and you ain't taking care of the hoopty you have right now. Can I give this to you all for free? Here's what God is trying to help me to get over to you all. For some of us, we need to grow up. We need to mature. We need to advance. We need to settle down. And we need to learn how to trust God even when we can't trace God. Am I talking to anybody in the house that have seen folks act so juvenile and so childish and so immature that a part of you just really want to say, shut up, sit down, do what the Lord will have for you to do. The reason you don't have what God has want you to have is because you're acting juvenile so God moves when God sees maturity but then there's something else I've discovered about the text is that God moves in time that bring God glory and benefits us at the same time all right whenever you see God move in our space. There's always, always, always a blessing. Whenever you see God move in our space, there's always a benefit. Watch the flow of the text. The text says in verse 4 and 5, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent his son born of a woman, watch this, born under the law in order to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as children. 
ooh, this shouts me. And can I tell you why it shouts me? Because this verse starts off with the word but. All right, English lesson. The word but is considered to be a contradistinctive conjunction. Most of the time, you don't start a sentence off with a conjunction. Most of the time, you start it off with some other word. But in this text, it is a conjunction. And whatever prior to the statement was before the word but is going to be significantly changed by the statement made after it. That's why you and I, who are sons and daughters of God, need to learn how to thank God for the buts in our lives. You and I need to learn how to give God praise for the B-U-T in our lives. How many of you all have this as your testimony? I was lost, but God. I was messed up from the floor up, but God. I was on my way to hell, but God. I almost took my life, but God. I almost lost my mind, but God, I lost my mind, but God, I don't have any money, but God, I'm struggling with my sexuality, but God, I'm wrestling with gender identity, but God, I don't know how I'm going to make it, but God, my loved one has died, but God, I found out I got a bad diagnosis from the doctor, but God, I have hellhounds on my trail, but God, I have enemies harassing me, but God, my friends became my enemies, but God, folks I thought I could trust, but God, do I have anybody in the house, they ain't afraid to give God praise and thank God because God inserted a but in your reality. How many of you all know you should not be at the St. Paul Church wearing pink masks, but had it not been for the Lord on your side, had not God stepped in and inserted a butt in your life, you would have lost your mind a long time ago. I feel like preaching today. Listen, listen, listen. But notice what Paul said. Paul says, but in the fullness of time. <laughs> God sent Jesus. Understand the concept of time in the text. The concept of time in the text is chronos, chronological, not kairos. This is historical time that's measured in minutes, seconds, hours, days, weeks, months, years. Kairos refers to a season measured by moments. God sent Jesus not based on Kairos, but based on Kronos. In other words, God sent Jesus based on a historical time. In other words, God had Jesus on a divine clock for a countdown to be released to the ghetto called Earth. Earth became a ghetto when sin became our working reality. Earth is a ghetto compared to heaven. But notice the twofold benefit that Jesus is coming into the world brings you and me. First of all, he came to redeem us from our sins. And secondly, he came to assure our adoption. Jesus 
became fully human to redeem us from the mess we brought on ourselves. Let me help you understand Jesus was fully human and he was fully divine. Jesus was fully human and he was fully God. Jesus was fully Jewish, which meant that on the eighth day, he was circumcised. Jesus got upset with crazy folks. Jesus got angry. This, and Jesus, if you cut him, bled red bud. If you blood, if you stepped on his foot, he was gonna say, "Ouch!" Jesus was not immune from the sufferings of our reality. Folks got on Jesus's reserve nerve like they get on your reserve nerve. But can I tell you the difference between Jesus and us? Uh, Jesus did not sin. Jesus was S-I-N negative. You and I are S-I-N positive. And so whenever anybody comes against us, there's always a propensity for us to act in our sinful nature. But when they came against Jesus, because Jesus was God in the flesh, there was just certain things Jesus wasn't going to do.